Hey team, it's Wayne Smith and this is the Olympia Boxing Podcast. So this week we've got Finchley ABC legend Johnny Oliver onto the podcast. Johnny is a fantastic guy with a fantastic story. Um, created many, many champions along the way and um, he's also now a trustee at the Ringside Charitable Trust. So last week we had Dave Harris on this week. We've got Johnny on. Johnny's helping me out a lot with trying to um, build the following for the cycling challenge and everything. And I thought, well, no, who better to get onto the podcast as well and talk about his journey through boxing, what boxing has done for him because he's got a hell of a story. Um, I asked him all about the club and everything that they've done, all the great work, the champions and the boys and girls that they've had come through there. Um, his first thoughts on Derek Chisora and Anthony Joshua as they came through the gym and also that famous spa between Anthony Joshua and uh, Tyson Fury so it's all in this podcast so guys sit back grab grab a cup of tea and enjoy I will give a disclaimer we had a little bit of trouble getting together me and Johnny connected um, through Zoom and everything and end up having to do it recorded through my phone while we were while we were live through messenger so apologies for the um the distortion in some of the the quality of listening but never mind through that it's still a fantastic podcast so guys enjoy and please leave a review at the end and let us know what you think enjoy hey johnny how you doing buddy Hey, okay, mate. All right, mate. Lovely. Brilliant. Yeah, we got there in the end, didn't we, mate? We got there in the end. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you hadn't have phoned me, I tell you. No, 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 no. Not at all, mate. Yeah, we definitely we, yeah. we got we. It's, it's it only took us an hour, but we're there. We've got we've Te- got there. Technology ain't my game. I no, neither mind, mate. Neither <laughs> mind. So don't worry about it. That's good. It's great to get you on, John. Um, thanks for thanks, thanks for coming on, and uh, I, this is going to be awesome going through your journey. You've got hell of a you've had a hell of a journey and a hell of a time to do with boxing. So it's going to be great to tell your story to the listeners and and the can and the great work you're continuing to do with the Ringside Charitable Trust. So, well, that, um, that's my main um, concern at the moment, Ringside Charitable Trust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice. all, all my efforts now I've turned into uh, the Ringside and helping people that, that need the help. Yeah, that's and right. There are some, you know, the, yeah. as Dave Harris said, you know, it's a thing that should have happened 50 years ago. And collectively, with the board of control and promoters, if they get on board, we can we can do this. We can be the first ones in the world to do it. Yeah, hundred uh, percent, mate. And it's needed. It's needed. You know, really needed to be done. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's why I'm obviously jumping on my bike and doing my bit of trying to fundraise, fundraise as oh, much as man, I can. Oh I don't, I don't envy you. To be honest, <laughs> I do in some uh, some regards. I do envy you, but then. Uh, because I'm all, I've always challenged myself yeah. all my life. I've been challenging. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's going to be good, mate. It's going to be good fun, mate. That's where it'll be. Well, yeah. well, it'll be fun at the end when I look back at it. But I expect when I'm yes, halfway, I expect yeah. when I'm halfway when you're over, through when you're it. Over the line, and you start pumping that air, man. You that'll be the. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, it will be million mate. dollars, million be, dollars. You'll feel a million dollars. I will do, especially if we raise a load of money, which I hope and I think yeah. we will as well. So that that's the main thing of it. 
But let's get into you, Johnny, all right? So let's yep. start from the beginning, your journey through boxing, mate. We'll get to the, the great Finchley ABC <sighs> and all that in a little while, but where did it all start yeah. for you? Uh, um, and really where it all started, the dynasty, what we call the Oliver dynasty, there's, um, there's eight Olivers altogether with sons and, and nephews uh, with 13 championships. Yeah. So, uh, but it goes back right from the beginning through to my father, who was born in 1920. He was born in Hackney in a workhouse. And uh, just after he was born, they, they moved him up um, to Barnet, a uh, workhouse up in Barnet. Um, and that's how that started. And his father, who, who had his leg um, blown off in the First World War, died of gangrene poisoning. Okay. So the, fam the family was left... Um, with no income as such, and um, he was out out to work at um, I think about twelve, thirteen years of age on hod hod carrying on mm -hmm. the building sites. And from the building sites, he went uh, because he'd done a bit of boxing. Um, uh, he went to from the building sites. He went to the fairgrounds to earn extra money for the family, and that, that's where the boxing came in. And um, eventually, I was born in nineteen forty four. The older, older brother, 40, uh, 42. Um, and then we started, he started training us as boxing, and that's where it all really kicked off you know, through my father and through me, my brothers, and my son, my, uh, Jimmy's two sons. And, you know, that's how it sort of escalated from there. Yeah. But getting, getting there for me, um, to be fair, uh, I never really took to the boxing. Um, until a little bit later, I was a rebel. Yeah. I really, because I had it sort of hard. Um, and I, I just rejected everything. I was I was expelled from three schools. Every school I went to, I was, I was expelled from. I, was, I went to work when I was 14. Uh, but I didn't go to work because I, I couldn't. I was still too young. Um, so I messed around for six months or whatever I was doing, but I was in getting into trouble, serious trouble. Mm. But uh, still boxing at the same time as such, training, my dad was training me. and But I, I just never took to it. I just wanted to do other things, running with gangs and that type of thing and getting involved with mischief. Um, and then what happened really was um, I hurt somebody one day or one night, seriously hurt somebody. And um, I thought, well, someone's got, I've got to do something. So I, I um, put all my efforts into to boxing. I went down to boxing club again, and um, and off from there, it's like steadied down and uh, progressed in, in the amateurs. And you know, I started progressing that way. So Brilliant. What club was it that back then? Finchley. Oh, it was Finchley, Finchley as well. All the way yeah. from the off, it was Finchley, was yeah, it? Yeah, from yeah, from boy to man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was wondering if it was Finchley, but I just wasn't sure if it... If, no. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, so excellent. So the whole life you've been there, and yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So how, how, many, how did you do as an amateur, Johnny? Um, well, I'd done... Well, back in them days, to be, to be honest, Wayne, when you look back, there was 70,000, about 70,000 amateur boxers yeah, on the scene. unbelievable, set. isn't it? And we was boxing, and there was no 24-hour rule as there yeah. is now. You boxed three times a day, didn't you, sometimes? 
I, I boxed uh, four times in one day. Did you? To win, yeah, to win the Northwest Divisional Championships. That's, yeah. You know, that, that, and now I box four times in a week. You know, it was regular a regular occurrence to box at least twice a week. Yeah, yeah. On just the normal club shows. You know, you go from one show to another. Yeah, yeah, because bo- club, back box. then, club shows were every night of the week, weren't they? Oh, yeah, you could box on a Monday, you go next, go next and then on a Tuesday, you go somewhere on a Tuesday in your box, you know, and that's how mm. it was. Mm. And, uh, you know, we was going all over the place, you know. We was going with my old trainer, Prince. He was an old pro trainer. And um, we... Before the motorways, this was before the M1 motorway. We've got the A1 to Nottingham or places like that, and, and we're just parks. Well, we go down south to Swindon, that area. And yeah, <laughs> no, that's that's how it that's how it used to be. You know, I boxed you know, say four times in a day to win the Northwest Divisional Championships. Yeah, um, and then the week after that, I was at the Royal Albert Hall. The London Championships, and I got beaten by Brian Whelan, who was a two times APA champion and an Olympic bronze medalist. Yeah, uh, it, it it went uh, it went out actually. I think we uh, with um, oh, uh, Dick Taggart in, in that Did Olympics. He? Did he? Yeah, yeah, he was in the Olymp- I think he was in the Olympics with Dick Taggart, won a bronze medal. But he got injured, so he couldn't he couldn't fight for that. So he had to come home. Oh no! So he had a bronze medal anyway. Then he had a ten year layoff. That guy. Mm. Then he's made a comeback. Well, and I was one of them. That he you know he, he uh, beat. I thought, well, he can't beat me. He's had ten years off. <laughs> yeah, and then he got in there and done the job. <laughs> but he, he was a very very good boxer, nice guy. I yeah. think he's passed now. To be honest, has he? Yeah, and his brother was with, his brother was an ABA champion as well. Yeah, did you did you get anywhere near the ABA finals or ABA title? No, that was the uh, Northwest Divisional Championships, yeah. which, uh, which I won that. Yeah, and then uh, with uh, George Francis, oh, you went over um, with George Francis, yeah. Yeah, I went over with George, and um, and that's that, that's how that was, you know. But uh, it, that didn't last too long as I was injured. I oh, got, would you? Uh, I had a, yeah, which is I suppose my passion for the ringside rest and care stems from that. Yeah, you know, uh, I. I got injured. My injuries um, was too bad. George took me to Harley Street, and um, I. He said no. The doctor said no. I had MRI scans at that time, whatever they were. Yeah. And they said no. I'm not not allowed to box anymore. And um, really, I was devastated. Yeah. Because that's yeah. the only thing we ever knew. You know, the only yeah. thing I ever knew was fighting on the street or, or fighting in the ring. Yeah. yeah. It's the only thing I knew. Yeah. So that's and, when you turn um, your hand to the coaching, then. Yeah, I went. I went coaching, and um, really, I, I took it off straight away. You know, uh, nineteen seventy, I think I was um, coaching. I, re- I retired in nineteen seventy. Just after that, I became head coach at Finchley. Yeah. Uh, and my first, my first champion was um, a guy called Lloyd James. Mm-hmm. And he won the London ABA Championship, and then the next guy he was boxing in, I think, the ABA semi-finals was Harold Bomber-Graham. Was it? Yeah, and he, he beat he, uh, Harold beat him, of course, and um, and then uh, Lloyd went pro for a little while, and then uh, the last time I heard of Harold uh, Lloyd was uh, he was on the streets. Oh, sad, uh, very sad. Uh, Lloyd had come out, he had come out of a ball stall, what they called a ball stall in them days, was Young Offenders Institution. 
mm. and I took him on. And um, but you know, I just had that knack of working with people, people of a rough area, you know, come from rough yeah. backgrounds and things. And that's I, I like doing it. I enjoyed doing it. You know, giving them the opportunity. That's right. Yeah, no, you've certainly, you've certainly done that over the years, mate. The names that have come through your stable. <laughs> Bloody hell. But that's, Lloyd, Lloyd James was the only one I lost. Was it? I, yeah. can't, recall, I can't recall of anybody else um, falling back. Mm. They all, all, you know, I gave them you know, something to do. And, but they went, they went to places nobody else had been. No, Especially no, that's the right. Las, the Las Vegas trips. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're going to get on to them in a bit. Yeah, we're yeah, going to go. That's great. Unbelievable, <laughs> some of the stuff. So, obviously, I'm at St. Mary's ABC. I expect over the years you've had some battles yeah. with some boxers from St. Mary's, haven't you? We do, yeah. yeah. Is that Charlie Rumble's old gym? Yeah, time, yeah, Charlie, yeah. Before my time, <laughs> before <laughs> Charlie was there. Yeah, but... like Charlie, Charlie and these boys, yeah, that's lovely. Lovely guy. Yeah, no, great yeah. guy, isn't he? Yeah, the... Um, I'll bet you've had some rumbles there, mate. I'll bet you have. Well, yeah. funnily enough, funnily enough, I think we'll probably get on to the Chisora. Yeah. Um, later on, but we had an ABA final with Derek. Ah, uh, when he fought Tom Dallas. Tom Dallas. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Andy Kidd was in the corner, wasn't he? I don't know who was in the corner. Andy Kidd, yeah, Andy Kidd. He's still, he's still part of our furniture. He's still going. You must know Andy. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's still going. He's still. He doesn't do any competitions or anything anymore. But he's always popping his head no. down, and he still no, does no, one-to-one yeah. training and stuff like that. Yeah. He still gets in there and spars sometimes. The crazy fall. Really? Oh <laughs> yeah. my god! Um, don't tell me about it. Uh, great. But that was that was uh, that was Derek Chisora. We we chairs. I don't know where Chaz was. But, um, I don't know if Chaz was in the corner or not. To be mm. honest with Tom Dallas, I'm not sure. No, no. I think it was. I think I'm pretty sure it was Andy Kidd because Andy's the one yeah. that talks about it. So yeah. I think I think it was Andy Kidd that was in the corner. Because yeah, right. he, he they, I think he had two two ABA finals. Tom Dallas and yeah. one was against Derek and one was against David Price. Uh, love it. Yeah, amazing. Uh, mm, good, just, good history, good memories. It is, memories. It? So going on to that, going on to that, obviously, um, like you, you obviously trained the very first time you had Derek Chisora and you also Anthony Joshua. Um, what was your first? What was your first feelings when you first ever saw them come through the door? Um. Well, it was a lot more before that, to be honest, a lot more before that. Yeah. Um, uh, let me think. I used to work with the youth offending team, yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Um, and I loved working with, um, I loved working with people of a rough background um, who was going nowhere, only getting into trouble like I was myself at yeah. one time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, boxing saved me, no doubt, 100%. Yeah, me and too. And I thought, well... If I can get, you know, if I can get these guys, these kids coming in, um, it's a long story with Derek. It's lovely, lovely guy, but nobody liked him. Yeah. He had a chip. He had a chip on his shoulder. I don't know, like Mount Everest, I think. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but me and my brother ran a shop, um, and we ran a shop, and just down the road was the promotion office. Yeah. And, the, and we used to work with the probation officers. They used to bring kids up or, you know, they'd tell us what to do and they'd bring kids around the gym, you know? Yeah. So, um, he's, and he'd come up, the probation officer, and said, hey, he said, well, I've got, he said, I've got a young fella. He said, um, 
he wants to do a bit of boxing. I said, well, bring him down the club. He, he said, well, he said, it's not like that. He said, he's a bit naughty. I said, don't worry about it. You know, bring him down, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I had no idea. I had no idea. I mean, I don't mind telling. I've never said anything to Derek about it or anything else. So anyway, one day, one night, he brings the kid down. So he's a great big kid, about, well, I don't know, at that time, about 20 stone, you know, overweight, everything yeah. Chip on his shoulder, and anyway, we went in the office, and, um, you know, we had a few words, and um, we come out, and Derek and me have been really, really close ever since. Ever since, ever since yeah. That night. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I could go on to a big story. Other, other, other people, other people couldn't get on with him, but I did. No, yeah, you managed. You, you did, and and that's well documented as well, isn't it? That you, you managed to get on his wavelength. It's just some people connect, don't they, with different people, and you were yeah, able well, I, to. I suppose, really, I, I know where I'd been. I'd been to where he had come from. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I used to get on with these kids. You know, I'd been there and mm. I'd done it. I got a t-shirt for it, you know, so I was just as rough outside the, out of the club, you know, when I was a kid. Um, so it, it put me straight and I enjoyed getting the satisfaction of putting kids straight and winning something, you know, and uh, yeah. getting a bit of pride. And, and, and they, they certainly done that, you know. Did you did, did I expect I expect like with what he's gone on to achieve because even like he's achieved he's had a bloody good career hasn't he already like even like I think like, you see people people say well he's had what nine or ten defeats now out of all his fights but then he still he still won a British Championship yeah European Championship do you know what I mean fought for the world title was, hasn't he he fought for the world yeah. title he's well, so a big story with Derek you see when he started boxing. Um, we had, we had our first five fights. Oh, I'm old. Well, they don't do what I'm telling them. They can get out the door. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, that's how it is, you know. So um, me and Derek turned pro with Frank Warren uh, in the end and uh, through Dean Powell. Dean done a deal with Dean Powell. Yeah. And, um, and that's what it was. We had our first five fights together, but then I wasn't... Wasn't feeling happy with it, you know, as, as, yeah. a, as a trainer. The Derek was a bit awkward. And I wasn't going to fall out with him, and uh, yeah, you know, I'd done the fifth fight with him. And I said, Derek, I said that's it, you know. To, to, but having said that, I'd lost my wife uh, at, at that time. Yeah. Um, at the same same time as I took over as a pro with Derek. So that I wasn't feeling great anyway. No. So um, I said, "No, I'm, I'm not having it, Derek. You're not doing this. You're not doing that." And, and so uh, I said, "I might cut. It might cut my own throat in the long run." I said, "But I've got to do my own thing." Yeah. So right, I walked yeah. away from it, you know, and I went back to the club as a coach and um, you know things that that way. But then, then Derek uh, was matched with Klitschko, mm. and uh, Derek came. Oh, I went out. I went out to. Um, funny enough, what happened? I was out in um, Germany. Uh, we were the Sourlands. The Sourlands invited me out to Germany uh, for, to be honest, to, to go with Joshua. Right. Yeah. Probably Joshua around there because Joshua, Joshua was coming along there. Yeah. Not not with me as such, but with Sean Murphy. Sean yeah. Murphy was his trainer as such. Yeah. And um, but they wanted Josh. And uh, anyway, I said, well. And that's nothing to do with me. Josh is not in, interested in turning pro, but they, they took me out to Germany. And um, I think it was uh, Marco Huck boxing, I forget who he bloody boxing somebody, 
And who come in was Derek. Derek came across. Uh, that was in uh, in Germany, in Germany. So yeah. Derek came across and he said, look, he said, I've got a fight with Klitschko so for the world title. He said, will you come back? Will you come back in the team? I said, not bloody lightly. I said, no way. I said, no way am I coming back now. I said, you're telling me. I said, you've had, what, 11 or 12 fights. I think it was something like that. Yeah. I said, and you're fighting for a world title. I said, listen, I'm not a bag carrier. I said, I ain't going to carry your bag. Yeah. So you can go and get her. That's, that's, you know, I don't mind telling anybody what I said. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but having said that, Derek put up a terrific show against Klitschko. And good luck to him. Yeah, no, that's um, right. He's always he's, he's always value for money, Derek, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. But what but was your what was your first much. when you saw him box when you saw him spar and stuff? What was he? What was your first impressions of him? Did you see special something special in him, or did you just think he was? No, he was a, he was a strong lad. I mean, yeah. he was strong. He, I realised he could go places. Yeah, um, certainly not as far as he's gone. I mean. He, you don't see a star straight away, not not with Derek. No. I mean, they needed a lot of work and a lot a lot of handling as well. I tell you, yeah, he did need a lot of handling, and I had to handle it my way. Yeah, and, and, and I did. But you know, the respect that Derek and me had for towards each other is that when he won the British title, I never I never went to see it or anything. You know, mm. it's just what it is. You know, he went on and and good luck, good luck to him. Yeah. He walked, he walked through the door one, one night in, when I was down at the gym and he took out the bag, a Lonsdale belt, and he slung it over my shoulder. Did he? Yeah. And he said, that's yours. Wow. And he said, that's yours. I said, Derek, I said, when you got three notches on it, you come back and then give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how, that's how it was. You know, and good luck to him. He won a British title and they can say what they like about it. You know, Derek, he's, he, he boxed the other night with Busek. Um, you know, whether we could have won it, I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's the way it is, you know. He's, um, he's, he's done well for himself, good luck for him. Yeah, no, that's good right. Luck. Yeah, completely. Are you still in contact with him at all? Um, to, no, well, to be fair, it, it, when Josh had his son's birthday party, some... Oh, I don't know, last year now. Mm. I think Derek, um, Derek, they was, Derek was there and I was invited and everything. They hired a big hall out and Derek was there and he'd come along and put his hands around me and put his arms around me and yeah. cuddle, uh, which he always does. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what you're saying. No, great stuff. A lot of respect. Yeah, no, yeah. that's brilliant, mate. And that's because you you shaped his life, didn't you? You know, you did like well, he, he was in a he was in a bad, you and that club shaped shaped his life. If it wasn't for you and that club, God knows where he'd have ended up. Well, he was he was in he was in trouble, mm. you know, um, with the with the um, uh, probation office and this and that, you know, and yeah. not a lot of other kids. I mean, Derek went on his own. There was a lot worse kids than Derek. Yeah. And, uh, it just needed handling. That's all. Yeah, yeah. And, and I managed to handle him, you know, and that's the way it is. Mm. Yeah, that's, uh... <laughs> that's it. No, that's right. We we all have that way as boxing coaches, don't it? And there's, there's always some live wires. That it's the age old story yeah. to do with boxing, isn't it? How it changes lives. And, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's so, I think yeah, of course it does. It's so true. If, like you've just said about yourself, it done the same for me. I was going yeah. down a bad yeah. path, and my trainer well, I, I, at Seven Oaks changed my life. You know, so it's. Yeah, it's way yeah well, I was on I was on um, face chat with a mate of mine out in Canada. Yeah, um, 
And we grew up together here. We went to school together. Yeah. Went in the same gangs together, and which is, you know, why I couldn't take the pops in early yeah. on in my life. We was laughing so much. We're often on face chat together, and we're, we're now 76, the pair of us. Yeah. We said, I said to Joe, I said, Joe, how the bloody hell did we get to 76? We should be dead. Yeah. <laughs> and literally, we should be dead. Some of the things that we did and we got away with, and it was absolutely manic. You know, absolutely manic. We're talking about a car chase. We've done yeah. a car chase. Joe had, um, I don't know what even age we was, 16, 17. Yeah. Um, and he was driving this mini, he had a little minivan, and there was four of us in the minivan having a chase with this place, and... Um, Anyway, they, they, this car got in front of us and stopped. And because we couldn't get past it, but anyway, they, uh, and I didn't know until the other night, uh, until I was talking to Joe. He, he said, do you remember that? I said, bloody hell, Joe. I said, he nearly, he, said, he could have took our head off. The bloke got out, or two blokes got out, and one of them had a great big sword. Bloody hell. Uh, you, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. And he'd done it because Joe done a reverse and, and spun round and buggered off. And he said, do you know who that was? I said, I ain't got a clue, Joe. He said, that was the Crow Brothers. Bloody <laughs> hell, really? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're joking. And I couldn't believe it. I said, we should be bloody dead, Joe, honestly. God. Uh, yeah, it was one of, one of the Crow Brothers, apparently. So, yeah. yeah. Ready, ready to chop your head off. <laughs> Bloody hell, there's some stories, <laughs> isn't it, eh? So what about then, Mr. Jo- what about Josh then, the first time you saw him? Because you were training, was it you and Sean were training ben- as his cousin Benga, isn't it? Is it Benga? Well, I trained, I trained Benga. Yeah. Um, I trained Ben, and I was training him one night. It was a lovely, lovely kid, Ben. Yeah. Uh, Benga. Um, so he brings the big kid down. Big kid. I've got photographs of him yeah. back in you know, at that time. Big, you know, string bean of a lad, you know. And um, what happened was, um, it's a, a come, it's a banker said, I brought my cousin down. So he said, oh, yeah. I said, no, I said, what have you done, mate? He said, I've not done any boxing. And he said, I don't want to box. So I said, man, you yeah, don't want to box. He said, what happened, to be to be fair with, with Josh, he's, he's been in trouble with the police and, and things. And, um, I won't go into the details of it. It's, I'm just um, just come down to keep fit. Yeah. I said, well, we don't do keep fit. I said, you better go play basketball or play football or something, you know. And um, that that was the fact. So I took him on the pads the, the first night. Mm. And um, I said, what are you telling me? I said, you've never done any boxing. He said, I swear down. He said, I've not done any boxing. I said, go on, fuck off. I said, you're, t- you're taking the piss out of me. <laughs> And that is, that's exactly what I said to him. I said, yeah. you know, I've been in the game all my life. I said, and you're kind of tell me that you've never done anything. And um, that and that was the truth. That was the first night I had him. And Carol, my partner now, is you know, downstairs. I've come in and she said, what are you laughing at? I must have had a big grin on my face. Yeah. And uh, I said, well. I said, now you're asking me. I said, somebody, a kid has walked in the gym tonight. I said, and I swear blind that he's going to be a world champion. I swear it. Did you? Yeah, he said and that. I, yeah. yeah. And I said, all, all the years I've been doing the training and the boxing and everything else, you know, I suppose a trainer, like any trainer, wants that 
one person to come mm. in the gym, mm. and it was Josh that came in. Yeah. And because I was trained, I was trained in Benga. Sean took over with with um, with Josh. Yeah. And we had a fantastic training team down yeah. there. To be honest, at that time, Joe Smythe Senior, and oh, I can name all the all the people, all the trainers down there. Johnny Shepherd, Johnny, uh, must know. A terrific terrific team. You know, if one was busy, we'd take their trainer, we'd take their boys, and what vice versa, and. Yeah, we had a terrific team of boxers. Yeah, no, you might have finished. Still is, isn't yeah. it? Still is a great club. It'll always be a great club. Yeah, my league. brother was the head coach at yeah. that time. I mean, at one time I was the head coach, and then um, I went right the way through to when I was I was then hospitalised sometime in 1976, I think. Mm. And then when I come up, when I come out, that was due to boxing and why I retired and all the rest of it. Yeah. But that, that's all mixed up and it's all gone now. Uh, my brother took over as head coach. Yeah. And, um, you know, things sort of took off from there. Brilliant. Uh, but then we get back to, to Joshua. Sean took over Joshua. Well, he's all, we had our team of trainers. We had about 10 Good trainers, you know, eight or ten good trainers. Yeah, um, we were a fantastic team. You know, fantastic. Yeah, no, you know, they just went really loved it. Done lots of things. So it was you and Sean, wasn't it, that took the famous spa between AJ and Fury, wasn't it? Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. Well, what happened there? I mean, he, he, Fury came down with his with his uncle mm. um, um, to to do some sparring, so. Uh, he was Johnson. a pro, wasn't he? And AJ was an amateur at this point. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. I think he was training then to be to box uh, John McDermott. Ah, okay, yeah. So for the English title, yeah, that, that's yeah. twenty thousand and eleven. That mm. was. Yeah. That was before the Olympics and yeah. everything else. And so anyway, Josh said to me, Josh, uh, Johnny said, um, "What shall I do?" I said, "What do you mean?" He said, well, that's fine. I said, listen, I said, he's come down, this fury, I said, he's come down to take the piss out of you. I said, go and knock him out. Yeah. I mean, I very, very said that to anybody sparring. Yeah. I said, but he's come down to take the piss out of you. I said, go take the, I said, go and take it to him. I said, take the, go and knock the bastard out. And that's how it was. Four rounds later, I can assure you 100%, Fury could not take any more, oh, and he was—he admitted that he went out the door uh, with his car with his uncle, and the next night or the night after that, he was on the uh, Steve Punch show. Yeah, I remember hearing and, the, uh, hearing the uh, telephone. I, I like, <laughs> and he's on the radio, and um, Steve said, "Well, what have you been doing?" So he he went out with ice packs on out of the gym, so he's marked up. Yeah. He said, what have you been doing? He said, and and um, Tyson said to, to Steve, he said, well, to be honest, he said, I went to uh, Finchley. He said, to spar. So Steve said, well, you've been sparring with Joshua? So, um, and Tyson said, yes. He said, well, how did you get on? He said, well, to be honest, he said, uh, I went down sparring. He said, and I got beat up. Mm. And uh, he, I mean, he admitted that to Steve Bunce, and he also put it in um, Mel, Mel, what's that? Book, the one who writes books, um, Mel, Mel, she you know, writes that books in books. I forget her name now. Um, but anyway, that, that's what the situation is. Yeah. But that's that's only sparring. You know yeah, I mean? of course it's uh, different, isn't it? But it's a 
It's just yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a famous spa that they all talk about, and you you were there, you saw it all, and everything. It was, uh... Yeah, I mean the the gym the gym was packed. You know the, the gym was packed. We don't have to elaborate on what happened and what did happen or no. what might have happened. No. You know, that was fact. Mm. Yeah, you know, Sean. Sean. But it was good to watch, it. though, wasn't it? I bet it was a bloody good spa to watch. It was, yeah. I, mean, you know, I was in with with Sean, and Sean said, "No, that's enough." I mean, but he'd had enough anyway. He, he yeah. got out of here. He didn't want to go on anymore. So Sean said, "No, that's enough. I don't want more of that." Yeah. So what would you? That's have... not. That's so... not. So what what do you think your predictions are for next year if they come if they come together? Well, um, I've been loyal to all yeah. all my boxers. Mm. You know, I, you know, even all of the people that don't get on with other people, I loyal to them. Hundred percent yeah. behind. I'm hundred percent behind Josh. Yeah, one hundred percent. Always have been. Uh, there's there's two tickets for me and Carol. Fantastic. Anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, um, that's it. And he said he might he messaged us the other night, and um, he said, "How are you getting on?" Because he calls me the Godfather, to be honest. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's how I've heard him say that in interviews before. Yeah, well, yeah. what um, that, that only I didn't you know, tell him to do that or ask him to do that. That's just one of the things that that has become. Um, where you help people um, when they're in trouble, or whatever, mm. for whatever reason, you know. And um, he was in he was in trouble, as, as we know, with um, a court yeah. case at one at one time. Yeah. And I was the one there in the court in the courthouse with him, ready to stand up. Yeah. And, and um, he'll always remember that, isn't it? And that, and that's what's nice. Like people, it's not well publicised, but in the boxing world, we know like he's he's come back and he he does a lot for Finchley and stuff. So obviously oh, documented yeah, yeah. about the about the car and everything he bought for Sean. But but it's nice to see yeah. that. Lovely to see uh, how he's he hasn't just gone off, you know. Like he stayed well, he through. Said, he knows no, no, he knows no. what you guys done for him, and and he said um, he said to Carol, he said you will always be in my life. Yeah, and he only said that the other night uh, yeah. to Carol. So, but then he said to Carol um, when he bought Sean and and lost him a car, he said to Carol, "What can I buy, Johnny?" So. She said, well, I don't know, what, what do you mean? He said, well, I'm a car. Uh, anyway, Carol asked me, I said, I don't want a car. Mm. You know, I said, I'm 76, I've got a car sitting outside. I'm doing, last year, I've done 4,020 miles. Yeah. <laughs> so, right, so what do I want a car for? You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and a, a big, you know, some car where I've got to pay a fortune on insurance. Yeah. You know, way, you know, my age, I, I don't need that. So he said, what about Olivids? I said, Sean, uh, um, I said, uh, uh, I go on Olivids all the time, which I do. Yeah. Um, with, with, um, so I said, I don't need Olivids, Josh. I said, I want Olivids to go and get, you know, do it. I've got two Olivids booked now, and because yeah. of COVID, I can't go on no, that fast. Yeah. But, you know, I've got open tickets to Vegas. Yeah. Two open tickets okay. already, which I should have gone in April. Now I've got I got phoned up before the end of November to rebook my holiday, which I've missed. Yeah. To Vegas, so yeah, that's my second home. Yeah, you like that, yeah, we're going to move on to the trips <laughs> in a minute. Yeah, you like that. Then. So, who's, um, 
Who's the best amateur you've seen come through Finchley? Because it might not obviously be oh. the obvious ones, but it, you've had hundreds. I know you've had hundreds. Is, it like, is yeah. there is there ones that stand out that not many people know about, or or that? Yeah, you, there is. Yeah. There is actually. There's a, a young kid come to me from um, um, Ivan. Ivan brought him. Ivan, a guy called Ivan was training him. And he was already a schoolboy champion. Mm. Um, he was move, he was moving up north, Ivan. Mm. And he brought him down. His name was Michael Cron, Michael Ford. Uh, there are two names. He took his father's name and his mother's name, but they were separated. Yeah. And he, he, he boxed under Michael Ford. And he won four, four uh, schoolboy championships, mm. um, which took him out to Las Vegas. And he, he boxed... Um, uh, one of Chavez, Chavez, one of the Chavez boys. Yeah, the, um, Chavez Senior had two sons. Yeah, and, and he boxed Dominic. Yeah, okay. uh, Michael Ford boxed. He, he boxed Dominic Chavez, and oh Jesus Christ! And Chavez looked at his record, and um, I think he had two losses on the whole of his record. Oh Christ! We're, you know, I thought, well, does this go? And I said to my brother Jimmy, who, who was running it all. I said, look, Jim, I said, this is a this is a bit, you know, a bit tight, this one. I said, I'll tell you what I do. I said, um, my towel will be in my hand. Yeah. I said, if, if he's going to, because it was in all, all my shit, all my fight. If I saw a boxer in trouble, that towel was going in. Yeah. You know, none of that long, you know, let him ride it out. No way. Yeah. Anyway, what done? What done? What happened there? He, he went in with uh, Dominic Chavez, and uh, I tell you where it was. Uh, it was the, the one of the big hotels. I forget now. Um, done so many, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he won the boxer of the night. He boxed his bloody head off. He won the boxer of the night competition. It, the bloody the prize must have been three foot tall. Wow. How he got it on? How he got it on the plane? I don't know. <laughs> but then, <laughs> but then that's another story. He had won. He had won four um, schoolboys, and then what happened? He transferred to Harringay, and. Um, because it, you know other things, he, he lived a bit nearer yeah. than Finchley. I mean, he lived right over at Enfield, but yeah. it was easy for him to go to Harringay, good club, you yeah. know, good coaches there with Brian John. Yeah. Uh, so he, he um, they went there. He went there and he won the ABA title there. Fantastic! Oh, so good. Then he then he turned pro and um, didn't do so didn't do so good. He couldn't couldn't connect with it. You know, to yeah. be honest. To see how he was one of the things when we was in Vegas, and he boxed Dominic Chavez, the one who the guy who ran that show then, who we was working with was Richard Steele, mm -hmm. uh, the big referee, yeah. and he run his own Nevada Nevada Partners, which is his own own uh, boxing club. Yeah, and um, he, he said, right, he said, I want to meet you. So he, he met he met him on the Saturday, a Sunday morning, met Michael on the Sunday morning, and he took him out to. To um, out to Michael to his house, and um, he took him out to Richard Steele's house. He said, "You see this house? A massive, massive mansion." Yeah. He said, "You see this house?" He said, "You could have something like this." He said, "You are the best boxer I've seen since Sugar Ray Robinson." Bloody yeah, really. And, that's, and he was real something special. Michael was. 
Mm. And he was the best, to be honest, he was the first, best fighter I've seen. Yeah, best fighter. Unfortunately, never, never had the temperament to go with it, like other boys. Yeah. You, know, you, need, you need everything to go. Need it all in, to align, know. didn't you? Need the stars to align, yeah, didn't you? All all once. Yeah, and it happens so, so many times, it happens. So, you know? talking about Vegas, you used to every year, wasn't it? How many years did you do it on a trot? You used to fundraise by running the London marathons. And uh, you used to oh, fundraise the lot, didn't you? And you used to take team, yeah. teams over to trips to Vegas to box, we didn't took, you? We took um, over, 17, over 17 years, we took um, over 300 years. boxers. Wow, fantastic. And you used to fund yeah, all that yourself, didn't you? You used to do yeah, all what the happened, what, Yeah, see, what happened there, we had uh, my, my nephew, Spencer's brother, he was two times national champion. NABC champion. Yeah. And to cut a long story short, um, we went out there to to Bose Redwoods, mm-hmm. Cornelius Bose Redwoods, who was in my camp and back in the day. Yeah. He was out in he was out working with um, uh, out in Vegas, working as a trainer out there. Yeah. Um, with Bob Aaron, and I phoned him up. And I said, "Look, so I've got my nephew. He wants to turn pro. You see, he'll bring him out." He said, bring him out and we'll have a look at him. That, that's exactly what it was. He said, we'll have a look at him. Yeah. And that was in 1993. I went to see Bozer. And he had a look at him. And um, it, we set him up with, a, with a, an apartment and everything else. And he stayed out there with Bozer. Uh, he came back and then went back out there again. Had two or three fights. And um, he was still only young then. Come back. He said, no, he said, I, can't, I can't do it. He oh, said really? that, it's, uh, that in them days, I mean, nobody ever done it. Nobody ever done, went out there. I mean, Bozer done it. But then Bozer was a, a, a special kid. You know what I'm saying? He was yeah. really special. He won the world title out there. But then, um, you know, I think Danny was only 18, 19 then. And we, the boxing, we're, oh man, the Golden Gloves gym in downtown Las Vegas, it, they used to queue up outside the spa. Really? Mainly, mainly Mexicans, and it was like a man, it was like a war. It yeah. wasn't a spa, it yeah. was a war, and it still is a war. Mm. Every time you look at it, like if we, we go down Mayweather's, yeah. and it, it's, the, it's the doghouse, you know, it's the, oh man, it, it, you see some things there you'd never see, you'd never get away with it over no. this country. Yeah. That's for sure. You know, it's, um, and anybody's going to America or going to Las Vegas, and they say, oh, "I want to go down Mayweather's to spa." I say, "Don't spa for Christ's sake! Don't whatever you do, don't spa." Yeah, uh, they take your head off. You know, which they do. They do. And they're trying to make so, a name for themselves, aren't they? Well, you know, that's what happens, and, and they don't. You know, they don't make a name for themselves. They soon, you know, so it's, it's it's very hard. And, you know, when you look at Mayweather's, Mayweather says, well, the cream comes to the top, which I suppose, in fairness, is a hard game, and it does. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're good enough, it'll come to the top. You know, but then the kids that aren't good enough, they're, they're, they're bypassed, and, and that's it. Yeah, just put on the scrap heap as such, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you took yeah. some fantastic teams out there, though, haven't you? You've like you, yes. even, you even had um, like you took like you, Darren Barker went with you one year, didn't he? Obviously, he was at the yeah. Well, Darren, the I used to train Darren. Darren trained um, 
and Finchley he was he was a Finchley boy at first. Oh, was junior. he? Never knew that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, and because he didn't, he lived at Barnet. Yeah. Just only down the road, Finchley. Yeah. So Darren, he was a nice kid, and he he went out there twice a week, Darren. Yeah. Uh, and he was on our first team, young Darren Barker. Got oh, okay. photos of young Darren. Yeah. And terrific, you know. True, he won out there. Um, that was the first one in 1976, the first team. Uh, no, sorry, uh, 96. 1996 mm. was the first team we took out there. And, um, and when my brother said to me, we're sitting in the airport, and he said, we're going to see my Danny then, or our Danny Box, um, when he went out there. He won a couple of times out there. And he said, do you know what I want to do, John? I said, what's that, mate? He said, I'm going to bring a team out here. Yeah. He said, nobody's done it. I said, you must be bloody mad. I said, they start at eight years of age over there, yeah. whereas we start at 11. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what my argument was. You know, I'm all, I was always careful. Um, you know, it was, I, I had to stop boxing through my injuries, and you know, I, was yeah. always a, I was aware of that. I said, Jim, you can't do it. I said, these kids, you know, they're... They're, they're start at eight years of age and they're boxing every week, mm. which they do, you know. And um, anyway, he persuaded me and he said, well, they're only going to get matched up with the same like for like. I said, well, okay. And that's what we've done. Yeah. Um, so we took it to our box, our club, club committee. He said, look, we want to take a team of boxers out to Las Vegas. And they said, no, yeah. we're not allowing that. Uh, we're not. We haven't got any money to to do that. So we, me and Jimmy, said, "Well, we'll do it ourselves." You know, if anybody says we, we can't do it, <laughs> yeah. even now, if somebody somebody says to me, "I can't do it," then I say, "Well, I bloody well can do it, and yeah. I will do it." I will do and that's it. exactly what our attitude was, and it still is. Yeah. And um, he said, "Well, okay, we'll do it." So round the corner, this is how stupid it was. Go round the corner to the to the. Um, travel agents and, and get a quote to go to Las Vegas for so many people and that's that's what we've done and um, we got the quote and we for um, I think it was 15 no 12 boxes we took out 12 boxes and the coaches and that was it and uh, all together we took out 70 people on the first trip wow so we took our own we had to pay for our boxes and the trainers yeah and um and that was it. We, t we took them, and any anybody else came and supported us. They all paid themselves. Yeah, all paid themselves. Yeah. Uh, but we raised our we raised our money by having race nights, and you know discos and dances and things like that, raffles yeah. and yeah, any way we could. You know, started little runs and things. You know, and then we had we had we formed a club, what they call a sub committee. We had me, Jimmy, another guy, Arthur Jeeves, uh, was an Xbox of. Um, uh, Tommy Hulahan, um, you know, a load of us, you know, quite quite a big committee, always um, raising money, you know, always always ways of raising money. Uh, and that was doing it all the time. And um, then somebody said to me, oh, Arthur said to me, we can run the marathon. Because he, he was a good runner, Arthur. Mm. He got me bloody running these Arthur marathons and things. Always raising money for that, so I said, bloody marathon. Oh, Jesus Christ. So I started training with Arthur, and um, 
done the first marathon, I think I raised two and a half thousand pounds for that. That was going way, way back. Yeah. Way yeah. back. And um, that was in 1998, I think. At 98, I'd done my first marathon. Yeah. And uh, my second one I'd done, I think it was around the year 2000. And then uh, that was when Spencer had done his first one with yeah. Michael Watson. Yeah. And to raise, he raised money for the hospital that um, saved his life. Him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, they, uh, and that's how we that's how we done it. We raised money. John Nate Tracy, he, he done a night for us one night. We had his cab break. Yeah, he came out to. He came He's done out one to for us. me as well at my old club at Seven Oaks ABC. He came yeah. down and done done a cab yeah. Great, he, great he night. He came out. He came out to Vegas with us as well. Did he? Yeah. Um, yeah, Frank Bruno came out on another occasion. You know, anything to raise money, we done it. You know, and um, Frank was going through a bit of problems at that time. Yeah, and I heard about he was when he was supposedly. Sleeping in his tent out in the garden. Oh, he's, yeah. Where he had a big marquee out there where he trained. And um, I thought, no, because I used to work in Fleet Street at one time. Well, he, these newspaper people are slaughtering him. Yeah. And I, I, I phoned his sister up, Joan, and I uh, spoke to Joan. She said, well, she said that their newspaper reporters are, you know, really, really playing him up, you know, so I went over and made arrangements to go over and see him. Yeah. To cut a long story short, I went over there to, to see Frank, explain the situation to him, and uh, he said, yeah, he'll come over. So he, he came over to Las Vegas with us, and he, he went in the ring holding the Union Jack up. And, um Yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He's never forgot it because he was with George Francis as well. You see, yeah, that's right. At yeah, different times. So they had the link there with George and um, me and me and Frank. We've never forgot that, and he's he's never forgot me on on that. You know, for taking him out of the way. Yeah, when I went, when I went over, when I when I went over his house when, on that uh, day, I went over his house. Um, all reporters was outside and, and everything else waiting for him and. Uh, Anyway, I got in and I thought, oh, sod this. I took him out of the way and he was out of the way for two weeks and that was it. It sort of died a death and, um, but he, he's never, he's never, um, forgot that. No, no, it helped him out massively, didn't it? No, that's fantastic, yeah. mate. So, yeah. talking about Spencer, you told me off air that you got a funny story about Spencer that you can, <laughs> that you can share with us. So when we, when um, Spencer was boxing for the European, I think he was defending defending the European title. We was in Las Vegas with our team, mm. with one of our teams, yeah, at a place called the Palace Station. I think we were there at that time, and we was waiting outside, uh, ready for a different difference of time difference. Yeah, we was waiting to celebrate the victory. Yeah, that's what we were waiting for, and of course. We had no mobile phones back then. It was a long while ago. Yeah. Um, 20, 25 years ago, something like that. No no mobile phones or nothing. So somebody made a phone call. We had, um, at that time, we had, um, what's his bloody name? Promoter. I forget his name. He'd come out with us now. Bloody hell, I forget his name in a minute. And he, he'd come out with us and um, but it, all went, it all went off. You know, it, Spencer had been injured. We didn't know what the result was or anything. Yeah. All we know is that he'd been taken into hospital. Yeah. And um, nothing, because we couldn't get through to the hospital. They wouldn't answer any bloody questions or anything. Yeah. Um, 
So Robert Borman was the promoter. So um, uh, he was out there with us, with one of his boxers. And uh, Robert, bless him, he got Spencer and Jimmy away. Not Spencer, he got Danny, um, Spencer's brother, away with Jimmy. The first airplane out of the airport. He, you know, fantastic. Yeah. He got him out of there straight away. He must have been on the first plane as soon as we could get it. Um, they got out of there, and I, I held the fault out there for uh, near enough a fortnight. Mm. And I didn't know any result after until I got to the, until I got to the hospital. Yeah. And um, I walked in the hospital, and he he sat up and he said, "You're you're all right, Unc," and uh, put his thumbs up, and that was it. You know. Bloody hell. Um, but then when he was recovering, the, the story that you're getting at. Um, when he was recovering, he went into hospital, was convalescent and all that, and um, then he was recovering. So Jimmy said to me, so we're completely opposites. Me and Jimmy are completely opposites. I you know, loved each other's brothers, but yeah, I suppose that's how it worked. Mm. He said, I'd like to take Spencer to Las Vegas. I said, all right. I said, that's, that's it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So that was the idea. We'd take him out there for a convalescent. Mm. So Jimmy was a drinker, right? Jimmy, Jimmy was a drinker and he liked poker, mm. right? So, so this was this was it. So we're in the we're in the hotel, and uh, what happens? Jimmy gets drunk while he's playing poker and all the rest of it. So <laughs> Spencer turns around to him in the morning. In the morning, we go and meet at ten o'clock. We go down to the gym. Spencer said. That's disgusting. He said, you're my father. You're representing me out here and all these boys. He said, you get in that condition. He said, you're bloody drunk. And anyway, he apologised to Jimmy. He said, oh, I'll, I'll behave myself now. So a couple of nights after, a couple of mornings after, or nights, we were all playing poker down there. And, and the next thing we look up, when they're drunk over there, they put you in a wheelchair. These security people put you in a wheelchair and take you up to your room. They, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's what was happening. So Jimmy's playing poker. He looks up. There's this wheelchair, and there's two big bodyguards. And who's sitting in the wheelchair? Spencer. Spencer. Spencer <laughs> drunk out of his head. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, when the next morning, it, Jimmy was raging, absolutely <laughs> raging. And because he comes down by meeting us at ten o'clock, he said, "Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me." He said. You're disgusting, he said. You're European champion, you're defending the bloody country and everything else. He said, you're representing the club. So get out of my sight. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he never spoke to him for three days. Did he not? Talk about bloody hell. One after the other, that was like, like chalk and cheese. And, yeah. you know, I tell you, that's, it was a terrific. I've always remembered that. And everybody else who saw it will remember yeah, it. Yeah, but it will yeah. love it. That was funny. Oh, yeah, bless you know, the things, some of the things that happened out there in Vegas was unbelievable. Yeah, they say they, I've never been to Vegas. I want to go to Vegas, but they, they say it's a you, different world out there, yeah. isn't it? You've got to go. Yeah. yeah, Bob Williams. Bob Williams came out. We got Bob out there. Yeah, so yeah, I've seen him in your pictures, actually. Yeah. Yeah, he, Bob had done a good job out there as an MC. Mm. Um, you know, they, they used to have their own. Richard still done it at various times, and other people have done it. But Bob was good out there. Yeah. Um, it's it terrific. We had a terrific time out there. Met some for great fight for great 
all the fighters out there met all the fighters, Tyson. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen the pictures. Yeah, yeah I've seen the pictures yeah, with Tyson. And then yeah, picture I'm, of you I'm watching Mayweather skip. I've seen oh, that picture, Christ, yeah. watching him train uh, and stuff like that. I'm watching, you know, we're allowed to go in. Nobody can, when he was boxing mm. and actually training, you couldn't get in. Yeah. But we could. Mm. That's the difference because my connection with Poser then yeah. Poser then by that time had gone now working with, with Mayweather and working in the Mayweather team. He was a part of it. Still yeah. is. Yeah. And um, that was the connection, you know. So uh, there was a great big guy on the door the first time I done it, and uh, I don't know. I've seen most of his fights anyway. Mm. And uh, he said, "Where are you going, son?" I said, "I'm going to go see Poser." Didn't so didn't mention Mayweather. Mm. Oh yeah, come in. So in we go. Like it's only me and Jimmy. It like, wouldn't take mob handy, but take yeah. two or three. Yeah. And then we'd go. We'd see see Bowser and say, "All right, let's go in." Yeah, go through. And we'd go through to the, the other gym, the other big gym, and we'd sit on the armchair or something like that. Yeah, keep out of the way. And mm. um, but you'd have half a dozen people in there. But that's all. Yeah. And then you then then you'd see you know Mayweather work the yeah. real work. Yeah, yeah, no, that was, I, I was lucky, but I was up on a course up in Sheffield um, when I was an England coach and we were doing doing the uh, yeah. course in the background and I was lucky, I, was, I got to spend a few days watching Josh train, um, oh, which yeah. was fantastic, I think he's prepping for the Dominic Brazil fight, but I watched him do, uh, like, God, I, the two days I was up there, he probably done 20 rounds of sparring, like, with Joyce. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Joyce and the yeah. boys, and there was a couple of other people pulled in. It was fantastic to watch that, the pad work, everything, like, all the behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, where yeah. they're properly at work, you know, not not what you yeah. see for the cameras and everything. It was fantastic. No, 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 that's, that's it. You see, yeah. when, when you see Mayweather, you know, sparring mm. or training... They had no minute break. No. They might be working for a half hour. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, half hour non-stop on the pads or whatever it was. It's sparring and things. You know, they stop for a, just to take a swig of water. Yeah. And I then mean, move on and carry on, you know. Unbelievable, some of the things, yeah, oh yeah. It's unbelievable when you yeah. actually see them all at, at at work themselves, like like properly yeah. working, not without the cameras around, like what they oh, actually been, do. It's amazing, suppose, isn't it? We've been privy to, you know, when he when he boxed, I think it was Maidana. Mm. We was I was down there on the Wednesday, yeah, and uh, he was having his last workout before before the fight, as yeah. such, just ticking over. And uh, there was only probably about eight eight or ten ten of us in the whole gym, yeah. And um, then at that time, you know, and uh, then in, in, within the before you go into the gym, they've got a great big out. Thing. They've got massive uh, screen, television screen, and uh, they're watching the um, rugby, uh, the football. Yeah. What do they call the bloody the big football, football game? Yeah. American football, and uh, it's the cup game. What they call the cup game. Mm-hmm. And Floyd got and Floyd got hold of his what's that? Got hold of his um, phone. He said he's phoning somebody. I said, "Put me a thousand dollars on whoever it was." Yeah. I said a thousand dollars. Sure, he said. I don't back losers. <laughs> and <that> was... <laughs> of course, they won. Yeah. And, uh, of they, and that's what it was. You know, he said, "I don't back losers," and it, it really terrific. You know, to be honest. No, brilliant, and, uh, mate. It sounds like you've, you've had one hell of a journey, haven't you, mate? I have. Yeah, good and bad. 
yeah. to be honest, good and bad. But it moulded so, you to the man that you are. That's what it's got to be, isn't it? Well, I mean, um, I'd hope so. But then it's hard for me to keep out. I mean, my age, obviously, my age is against me and health reasons as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've got all my thing, all my efforts now are going to ringside rest and care. Yeah, and so that's what I was just going to come on to now. You've retired, what you're doing with your time. You're, what, what's your role in the tra- in the trust? Well, one of the trustees. Yeah. Uh, one of the trustees, and I'm also a collator of that's those it. injured. Yeah, you're the collator. Uh, yeah, those injured and um, um, those who have died. Mm, mm. Um, not only not only directly from their injuries, but also died in hospitals and, and yeah. places like that yeah. because of their injuries. Yeah, and this is going across. Is it, you're reaching out across the world as well, from what oh, Dave yeah. told me, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, it's a, it's a it's a big big thing. Is reaching out across the world, and when you look at um, football, um, when you look at football, I. I've got something here from the football. How many of the World Cup stars there? Four of them have died of, with dementia. Mm. Talk about 1996, a long time ago. But yeah. they, four of them died with dementia through football. Yeah. They've done a study. They've done a study of football. And it's, what do they say there? I'm looking at that. And they've done a, it's a high risk of, of um, neurology problem because of heading the ball. Yeah. You know, through football. And they're, they're trying to do a study through that and helping people through that. Mm. Now, if they can do that, the footballers, we can do it. Yeah, that's right. You know, I didn't see why not. I mean, there's various ways we could raise raise the money and we are raising the money mm. through donations yeah. from people like yourself, you know, doing you know, fantastic things, you know. But we've got... A whole list, my my list goes, eight eight people died. You know, no, mm. I won't believe the names. Eight people have died. Mm. Um, I'll go back 33 years. In People in homes, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six in homes, and two of them are world champions, yeah. British champions, European yeah. champions. Three died in a mental hospital. Four died in homes. You know, um, Champions as well. Yeah. Um, things like that. You know, when you when you it's it's, it's uh, not very good reading, but if you look at it, you know, thirty three years, over thirty three years, and the amount of boxes we've got. You know, we've got at the moment, I think about a um, thousand pro boxes. But if you go back thirty years, which we're going, it, it, it's probably somewhere around ten. Ten yeah. thousand. You know, yeah. I don't know. I haven't looked into that. But then you look at that, and then you look at the my the, the in in comparison, the injuries are not so bad. And you when you look at it that way, because we are a health and safety sport, believe it or not. Although it's dangerous, we've got one of the best boxing borders control in the world. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, that's right. We've got referees and the judges. The medical, the care, the medical care in in this country yeah. is a damn sight better than anywhere around See, the world, each, isn't each it? Time, each time somebody is injured, or, I mean, injured you know, badly, like mm. Spencer was, 
was injured. Yeah. Uh, he was saved by people hurt prior to him. Yeah, that's like it. Like he, said, he says about Michael Watson all the time, doesn't he? Yeah, he said the and Mark Gorn, you know, That's what he says. Like that. Each, yeah. each time they got hurt, they, they looked at it and see where they could improve on mm, it. Mm. You know, and, and now they've got paramedics. You know, they've got paramedics sitting ringside yeah. on each fight. They put them into an induced coma and stuff, aren't they? And also, also, not many people know, but every every venue has to be within a certain amount of miles of a um, a brain specialist, doesn't it? Yeah. So what what happens, so when you look at the, um, because I suppose I've done first aid courses since since the age of bloody 19, 20, I yeah. think. But um, when you look at, when you get a head injury, you've got what they call a golden hour. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And if you, you can't get them into hospital and get and receive the situation there within that hour, then the worst worst condition they are. Yeah, that's right. And that's, where, that's, what, that's what saved Spencer's life, because mm. he was helicoptered into... into um, the London Hospital, and you know they they done the business. You know they yeah. done it. Yeah, and they, and now he lives he lives a good life, doesn't he? So it's, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, good. no, good stuff. Okay, mate. Well, I think we've had a right good go. Like it's uh, your your, your <laughs> journey. Can, go on, mate. If I can put if I can put as much energy now into ringside rest and care, which I have done most of yeah. my life in boxing yeah. and I think I've succeeded our next our next thing with Dave Harris and all the all the rest of the boys is to get the uh, promoters involved yeah that's it. I didn't get to ask Dave that actually it was a question that after yeah. I'd done the podcast I, I forgot to ask him is any of the big promoters getting behind this such as Frank well, Warren or they, Eddie Hearn or anyone like that I Mick think Hennessey. they will but they're tied up with at the moment. Yeah, obviously I mean, with what's can, going on. Yeah, no, I know that. Yeah, yeah. Without the COVID, you know, if you look at the, the you look at Eddie Hearn with the boxes he's got. Yeah. You know, worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide, he's, he's, you know, he's the business side of it. Mm. You know, he's, you know, a lot of that the sort of thing is given to other people to handle. Um, probably the same with Frank Warren. But you've got small promoters coming on board. They're, you know, they're they're donating. Brilliant. Uh, so there we've got to start there. So it isn't that they, I don't think it's uh, they don't want to. It's, uh, it's how we're going to, how we're going to um, how we go about manage it. it. Yeah, how we go about yeah. it and stuff. And, you know, yeah. Because they get that, but if they donated or, or there's one way of looking at it, there's various ways of looking at it. One way of looking at it is that all the supporters, Say if you go to a big show, you've got, I don't know, 40 or 50,000 people in the show. Yeah. If, if the promoter was deducted, uh, deducted one pound, mm. if they deducted one pound and uh, donated that to Ringside Rest and Care, they could get, uh, get a percentage of that back on their tax. Yeah, of course they could, yeah, yeah. So there's various ways of doing it. It would make a huge difference for the the charity, wouldn't it? So so we're not asking for anybody to lose money over it, if you put it that way. We're not asking for any big promoters to say, well, look, can you give us X amount of thousands or whatever it is. You know, they can if they want, but they... If they've done it, they can do it to a charity because we are a registered charity. Yeah. But they can then claim back. Mm. 
they, then claim back uh, their income tax. No, that's right. So, yeah. you know, various ways of doing it. Um, and I think Dave's more up to it, more up in front with that one than me. Because I mean, I can calculate on how many people are injured. This, the numbers I'll give you is what we know of. Yeah. You know, we've got a total of 27 uh, injured that we know of. And the total of boxes affected is 53. That's just those with in homes and yeah. those who have passed away and everything else. But at the moment, we've got 30, a total of 38. Yeah. But, um, so it's, it's not very good reading. We don't want to no. hear it. We don't, yeah. you know, but it's there, and it, it it's there, though. That's the thing. It's there, it and it needs, it needs to be ago. sorted. Yeah, that's right. It can't be just and buried away. Like the, like yeah, the, those figures go back. You look at those figures, and they go back over 33 years. We've got a total of 38 people at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's all we know of. Mm. That we know of, you know, we've got we've got you know, we've got one um, suicide. Yeah, um, I've got all their names, but there might be more suicides because of the effects of boxing or whatever. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it, it might not be boxing. It might be their livelihood been taken away. If, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That's where a lot of them struggle, you know, isn't it? Yeah, you know, they can't face being alone. Whatever, you know. I know. Um, one of them very close to me is a champ, British champion, European champion, world, you know, world title contender twice in a mental hospital for 12 months. Mm. It's now in a, now in a halfway house, you probably know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not going to give you his name, yeah. but yeah. Um, he's now in a halfway house. Um, yeah, and I can talk to him like I'm talking to you. Yeah. And you think, well, there's nothing wrong with him. No, but then, no. When he goes back home or back home to the halfway house or the hostel, he's on his own and, um, and he's got to face his all, own demons. That's right, and that's when they all that's yeah. when they need this help, isn't it? Like if we, can, yeah. if, if this if this home can get built and open, like it's going to be magnificent, isn't it? It's like it's like me and Dave, like we were saying, like just for instance, like we it's well documented. Um, yeah, it's well documented at the minute that. Um, the great Ken Buchanan's in a, is in a home now for after facing difficulties with dementia, yeah. and, and and some reports say that he, he's struggling to remember who he is and stuff. And it's like, yeah. like if this home, well, I do that myself sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so. But the um, but the but like you think how great that man, the yeah. legend yeah. that he oh, is, man. and everything like like if this home yeah. was open and ready. With with everyone that's in, that, like the nurses and everything that's going to be there, they're going to know the ins and outs about him. Just remind oh, him all the yeah, time, Dave, watching I mean, his Dave's... own, watching his stuff on the on the cinema, do, yeah. reminiscing with all the other boxers there. Imagine that what way he'll see his life out, the rest of his days out, like by that. Yeah, that would be phenomenal, wouldn't it? Fantastic. And it doesn't, you know, they're not all champions. No, you know, that's right. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people I've I've explained it to. Like, I in my social media posts, I call them the ex-champions but it's not like yeah. when I say ex-champions I don't mean it as in they won a title or anything like that I call them a champion for everything that they've been through you know and it's yeah, and it's right. and that's the way that they're looked at and it's like there's so many of them out there they don't have to have won a title but they've done their bit they've entertained everyone they've they've given part of their body haven't they they've given part of themselves to oh, the yeah. sport yeah, you know? it's, you know, they, it's, it's, uh, we can go on for, forever you know but 
boxing board, our, our boxing board of control are very supportive of what, mm. what we're doing and mm. what they've set up. And, you know, um, it, I think we're doing a terrific role um, through Dave and all the, all yeah. the players on the, on the committee and everything, boxing board of control and um, boxing uh, boxing news with, with Max. Yeah. Uh, Matt Christie. Um, yeah, we just keep plugging away. We That's keep right. doing it and all the time. You know, it's, it's going to be, to be honest, I look at it so easy when you look at it. It's just a matter, matter of getting it off the floor. That's right, yeah, and just getting, getting it off the floor. Getting some more people to, more people to believe in it. Mm, mm, 100%. And people will say, well, they're bloody boxers. I think main, mainly they say, well, they're boxers. They knew what the, the roles were. That's of course right, they know what yeah. the roles were. But then so the footballers, the yeah. rugby players, yeah. and, and people like that. And, but if they're, look, if they're researching, if the Football Association are researching into heading a ball, and the dimension which is caused through that, yeah. then we can do it. Yeah, and, that's but right, we can yeah. help the people. If we can help the people, you know, affect your body. That's right. And also, why, why shouldn't they be looked yeah, after? Yeah. Do you know? Why, should, why shouldn't they? Like, it's, it's the boxing community that's coming together to make this happen. Then, then we, well, that's right. Mm. You know, if we've got, if we got, um, got 38 or 40 people over the last thirty-three years, it's not such a big, not such a big deal, is it? No, but, you no. know, when you look at that, it's like, well, it's not bad reading when you when you dissect it down. No, it's right. Know, no, not where you look at a thousand pro boxes. Yeah, and then yeah. you've got the especially when you look at the likes of like American no, footballers um, yeah, and stuff. You there, still Johnny? Oh, Christ, uh, yeah. When, but when you look at it. it Hey, I mean, are you there? Yeah, you're still there, mate. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you. What? Yeah, I'm here, yeah. Good, carry on, okay. mate. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've seen some bad cases uh, in America, to be honest. And I don't want people in this country to get taken away. We're looking at the moment, UK. Yeah. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, mate, yeah. So we're, we're, we're looking at the UK, you know, and I've, I've seen... I've been, to be honest, I've been, you know, not saying too much, but I've been around the world. Yeah. You know, I've been to America, I've been to Australia, I've been to New Zealand, I've been to Europe. Right way through, right way through. And, and I've seen damaged boxers, I mean, I mean more damaged boxers than what, what we've got, yeah. to be honest. And mainly in America because of what happens in America. Yeah. In the gyms. Yeah, yeah. And mainly, most of it happens in the gyms. In the gyms. Before, you know, that... Yeah, and that's where a lot of damage is done, and um, where it isn't in this country is controlled as well. Mm. You know, it's, it's the same. Yeah, I think I'm enjoying myself doing it. I, you know, I'm putting me, um, a lot of effort into it, I, but I get I get a buzz out of it helping people. Yeah, good. good. I've always done that. I think I think any coach, any any person involved with boxing, that's what the name of the game is. You know. Yeah, it's getting the satisfaction of helping other people. Yeah, you know, no, 100%. So. 100%. Couldn't agree with you more on that, Johnny. Absolutely. Yeah, so there you go. So we're doing, we're doing, how are we doing? Yeah, we're good, mate. I think, I think we've covered <laughs> everything, mate. We've gone on, we've had a good, it's, it's been, I tell you what, Johnny, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, mate. 
Um, thank you. Thank your, you, Mike. Your story is brilliant. Like the the work that you're continuing to do with the trust is is phenomenal. Like keep it up. Um, it just it's just it goes on from the great work that you've done by transforming so many lives as a boxing coach through your time. And, yeah, um, I don't I don't often I don't often relate um, my life story and I haven't done it such mm. there's a lot of it I've kept back yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for obvious reasons but you know the start of my early life uh, the things which wasn't too good um, mm. and the reasons why I've come come good if that's what it is you know yeah. I'm quite happy to look in the mirror and, and you know, I'm quite content looking in the mirror so I've, I haven't done I haven't turned anybody over mm. uh, you know and that's it. I've took no money off of anybody, um, like a lot of other people do. Uh, I haven't accepted briberies or anything like that that I've other people do. Yeah. There's a lot of things I know of, and um, I can't relate on on social media or anything like that. No. But, um, that's not what we're about. That's not what we're about. The, what I'm about now is ringside rest and care, yeah. and and the people that need need our help. That's right. But let's get let's keep working hard and let's get them get them get them that yeah. money and get it open. It'll be it's. Uh, we want good. we want the promoters. We want the promoters united with the boxing border control and the ringside rest and care, and that's it. Uh, no big deal. And we get I don't see it. You know, it's quite simple. Yeah, we've no, got a, a ways of doing it. You know, we're not asking anybody out there own own money. There's various ways of raising money. Uh, we've got big, we've got big people behind us, big money people behind us, and uh, they're willing to put in. Once we once we get our um, books in, which is I think January February, um, the, then the big businesses can get involved. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Dave was saying that you just got to wait for the two year. Charity fund, yeah. Isn't it? I mean, I, I know, I know what our figures are. It's about our, you know, yeah. the accountants have gone through it and, and everything. So, um, and I, I'm, I'm quite pleased. I'm, I'm quite happy with yeah. the success we've had so far. It'll um, be there, it? It's just those. It's just the promoters we'd like to get on board because they, they should um, be on board. They can take the um, credence for all this. You know, they, why not? Yeah, they're the ones. Earning, you know, through the boxes, everybody's earning. Let them um, have a place of rest mm. for the people who need the help. Yeah, no, that's it. Let's make it right. Well, Johnny, it's been a pleasure, mate. And um, I will. Well, we'll continue chatting across social media as we do, mate. No <laughs> doubt you'll you'll be pushing pushing everything to do with the cycle challenge as much no, as will, you can. Mate, and um, to be honest, I'm not. I'm, I'm just. I'm probably the same as you. I want to get on the bloody bike and come with you. Come with me, mate. Come with me. You're more than welcome, mate. Come with me and jump <coughs> on there. And it'd be, it'd be a pleasure to see well, you along yeah. the line there, mate. It'd be great. All right, mate. Well, I see, when, when I tell, Go on. Right, one more thing. Is that on. When I was doing my London marathons, because it's not just doing the London marathons, it's the bloody training. It's the training, yeah, yeah. As you know, I mean, you know, you're out all the time on the bike training. I was out running. If I wasn't boxing, I was running and yeah. running and doing both. You know, running in the morning, boxing at night, and all the rest of it. And uh, I, my late wife, as she said, "Listen," she said, "you either do the bloody boxing or the running." 
Yeah. <laughs> can't do both. <laughs> I know. I get. I get the same off my wife as well. Because I was never at home. I was no. never at home. I was either boxing or I was running. Or, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah, that's our, that's our, that's the life of a boxing coach, isn't it, mate? We're always yeah, doing something. Is, mate. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Right, Johnny. Yeah. Great to talk to you, mate. And I'll Thanks, catch Wayne. you very Thanks, soon. I wish you all the success. All the success on your bike ride, mate. Thank you very much, and mate. And your training. Brilliant. Cheers, pal. Take Thanks, care. Bye, bye. Cheers, mate. Well, there you go. So there we go. Another top podcast there. Johnny's a great guy. Brilliant character. And what a, what a journey he has had through boxing. Hey, them trips to Vegas, meeting the likes of Tyson, watching Mayweather train. Like, it's just it's priceless, isn't it? Some of the trips that he's done and, and the experiences he's had through life. Shows that boxing can really change your life and uh, and do great things for you so if you could um guys once again with the with the ringside charitable trust if you want to see what's going on there and and help with the the uh, fundraising making awareness as much as possible their website is www.ringsiderestandcare.com um, they're on facebook as well they've got a group just you can go along and join that lots of good stuff lots of um, memorabilia being auctioned off at the moment and stuff like that all money going to the trust if you'd like to see what we're up to with olympia boxing through this lockdown we've got a free virtual program going now a live virtual training program twice a day at half past nine and half past six in the evening and it's completely free to everyone we're just wanting to do our bit through lockdown help everyone get through it as much as possible all you have to do to register to that is email info at olympiaboxing.co.uk if you'd like to see everything else that we're up to our website is www.olympiaboxing.co.uk our Facebook is Olympia Boxing C. We've got a page and we've got Olympia Boxing Community Group that we're trying to grow at the moment. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at Olympia Boxing. So guys, if you could do us the honour of rating and reviewing this podcast, because I'm trying to build it as much as possible so it can uh, get out there to a wider audience, that'd be much appreciated. Okay, guys, look forward to speaking to you next week. Enjoy your week. Stay positive. Stay safe. And we'll catch up later. See you later. Bye-bye.